Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I have a lot of saliva in my mouth. I just drank some water. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and water or juice or tea or whatever you like in the fridge. Today, I'm sitting here with my friend, Mike, who I've actually been, I asked you a while ago to get on the show. And I asked you, I think when you were probably right at the start of this life transformation that we had talked about before we started recording, kind of going from a, you know, record store to brewery involvement and moving neighborhoods and all of these things. And that's a whole lot of conversation that we're not really here to talk about today, but we might get into it. Sure. Who knows? Sure. But, you know, for those of you that don't know you, uh, Mind Cure Records. Yep. Give us a quick little feedback loop on that. We were just talking about feedback loops. I don't even know why I said that. Uh, Yeah, my name's uh, (laughs) Mike Siemens. I ran Mind Cure Records, the record store and record label in Polish Hill for uh six and a half years uh i then passed on the physical store to cruel noise records who's been running it for the last two ish years and um before that i ran another local label called deer skull records before that i was involved in a record label called tba records that not a lot of people remember uh but yeah i've just sort of been like involved with music in pittsburgh peripherally and non-peripherally since i was 14 years old yeah uh as either just an enthusiastic spectator or playing in bands or putting out records running a store um but yeah actually it is i would like to formally address that it was actually a big regret of mine i didn't do your podcast when you asked me before because it was this whole transitional moment and as someone who's relied entirely on just like putting myself out there and asking people if they would like do an interview for movies I worked on or like help me find a flyer or a photo for a reissue. Uh, I always try to like reciprocate if someone asks me to do something. I, you know, yeah, I, I just it just is important in an independent music community to continue to do that. And uh, it was just a low moment for me of like feeling a lot of pressure to figure out what I was doing. But it's weighed on. It, it's like it's something that not daily, but like it's weighed on me where I've been like, fuck, I should have done that. Um, so I'm glad that I'm finally here. And I'm doing glad it. that you're here too. You know, I'm glad that I'm, you know, it's not like it, it was probably a couple years ago now thinking about it, but it doesn't like three, feel like it was that long ago. Probably about three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm still here, still doing it. We're yeah. still in Pittsburgh. Still here. Yeah. We're still doing it. I do think it was actually really important to mention your involvement in music and diy stuff and all that just based on kind of the topic of conversation for today so you can get some sort of a background on you yeah because what happened was mike messaged me on instagram a couple weeks ago mentioning like hey i want to come on the show and i've been having these thoughts about Mm -hmm. you know whether or not music should be political in Mm -hmm. today's climate was basically Mm -hmm. what you were telling me that you were having some mixed feelings about it now Mm -hmm. um you did i address say that properly i don't sure. remember the message like I mean, verbatim i'm not i don't want to read it like but well, you know. i think that in some ways um my feelings about it are less confused than they once were currently which really i was sort of thinking more about like what is um any artist you know i guess musical or otherwise like in the world of today 
Uh, is there any sort of, you know, obligation to talk about politics? Is there any obligation to shield people from their politics? Is there like, at what point is it important for people who are involved in music, which for many of us is this place that you found when you didn't fit in somewhere else in a place that has been like a, you know, a safe haven community? Uh, I don't know, whatever, whatever it means to anyone individually. Um, like, is it a place to use as a pedestal to talk about your beliefs or is it something that's entertainment um and i think that that's a you know an important topic that's in some way it's it's you know an independent music politics is something that's been a part of it for a long time because yeah. you know by its nature the politics of not wanting to be involved in you know the music business or wanting to be um, a platform for ideas that aren't represented in mainstream culture, like in and of itself is political. Yeah, yeah. It might not not like government politics, right. but like social politics. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about it actually what sort of jump started it for me recently of a bigger conversation is when, you know, Taylor Swift came out and started talking about you know, people should vote Democratic and that people should register to vote and that people should get involved and seeing the mixed messages or not the mixed messages, seeing the mixed responses that that got. And it kind of got me thinking of like, well, does on one hand, Taylor Swift have an obligation to encourage people to go out and, you know, vote and participate in politics? Or should she have not inserted herself into that, you know, national dialogue? And, you know, I think that it's great that Taylor Swift did it, honestly. And I think that, you know, she, it's her decision, you yeah. know, and I'm actually kind of more amazed that she was able to do it. Because when you think of all of the people that are involved in the public persona of someone like Taylor Swift, totally, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen who have a, you know, interest in creating this like almost non-controversial image so doing anything that kind of deviates from that norm, I feel like is, you know, kind of impressive when someone does it, because in my belief, once you become that famous, you sort of cease to be your own person. I, I feel like we're in an era right now where people that are, you know, big business, corporate mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. are they know that there is profit in negative and positive feedback yes i mean if you even think about like nike and colin kaepernick yes. and like you know how much money nike still donates to republicans sure. and things like that like they don't yeah. give a fuck yeah it's all a profit game like you know there was what did people say like there's no there's no friends in business or something yeah, like that so yeah. it's very much like that could be very parallel to Taylor Swift. You know, sure. I'm sure whoever's behind her is just like, this is going to get a ton of people talking about Taylor Swift. Yeah. Nobody's talking about her right now. Yeah. We don't have time to put out a new album. What can we do to stir the pot? Right. Just let her do it. Who cares? Sure. So, uh, you know, I think for our generation, for, you know, uh, I mean, I actually have no idea how old you are, but we're going to say our generation. I'm turning 33 in, okay. on uh, Tuesday. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm 36. So that puts us in we're, the same. We're pretty, we're pretty, pretty close. close. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like Bernie Sanders was the first politician who managed to get like a real major foothold into kind of counterculture where you saw people from, you know, like DIY punk bands to hip hop artists to, um, I don't know, like all different tiers of music that were really drawn to the Bernie Sanders campaign. Yeah. And there were, 
So I've made a decision because there's some people and there's some uh, that are sort of involved in this story that uh, I'm not going to get into naming any names because I actually am not trying to put anybody like on blast making it seem like I'm calling anyone out for doing or not doing anything. Absolutely. Um, but there were some local musicians, especially in um, local musicians who are very political in nature and who speak to a demographic of people that people that talk about being um, an important demographic for voting, which is, you know, eight, between the ages of 18 and 30. Uh, folks who are either first time voters uh, tend to frankly be, um, you know, a little bit lethargic about, you know, getting up and getting involved. And, and I saw these bands and um, musicians and artists really jump on the Bernie Sanders campaign and they were excited and they were like, playing at rallies and they were um you know talking about his message and how excited they were and i thought that was awesome and then when he did not get the democratic nomination which is totally something that is worth devoting a lot of time to that being like can i swear yeah totally fucked up like yeah. that but that aside i was disappointed to see that his message of continue to push forward you know yeah, this is bullshit, but like people still should care. It's not just about me. That that message got lost on people who had recently been willing to be very political. And suddenly they were like, I don't know, how do I push this message? And it started some conversations that I had with people who I respect and whose music, um, you know, I've sold and I've promoted and like want uh, that I've put out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, you know, why stop now like you are you've you've, you've like created this traction and um uh, it didn't really happen and it was disappointing to me because i felt like it was a lost opportunity for people to also understand um the you know system of governance that we have that it's like there isn't just one election there's all these elections and there's all these ways like in pennsylvania we have like elected judges so like you literally can elect the people who write the laws that could potentially have the most bearing, not write the laws, who, who, what's the right word? Oversee? Judiciate? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I, I failed one political science class in college. <laughs> uh, but like you could elect the judges who would oversee a arrest or a property dispute or a traffic accident. You can't do that in every state. So like, why not have some investment into that? And I let it go. I was, you know, I had these like a couple of heated texts back and forth with people saying like, why not just say like, go vote, don't vote for the president. Like, fuck both candidates. All right, it's both bullshit. But like, you could still go and vote for all of the other offices. And it kind of bummed me out because one person was like, basically, they said it wasn't sellable. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, how do you like convince people of that. And I'm like, I don't know, like, how do you figure out how to play in a band? Like, you just got up and you did it, like, yeah. just do it. And but it wasn't, I don't know, it's their place. So in the intervening two years, to see this way also that like, this rebellion and dissent and different things have become very marketable. I thought that, you know, this coming election was a great opportunity for people to also tell you that you could do something. And I mean, voting is like the least thing anyone could do like 
you could write letters, you can call senators, you can go out and protest, you can do whatever you want. Or I mean, or if you're like totally psyched with what's going on in the government, like you can also then tell your representatives you're happy with what they're doing to keep it up. And here's some ideas for other things that they could do. I don't know. Um, but it's like the most baseline level that just to say, like, all you have to do to like minorly to participate is just like go and vote. And um to not offer that solution to this like anger and anxiety and distress i felt like was like so what is it then is this just like another opportunity to sell something like you want to make t-shirts that are saying like fuck the government but then you're not going to be like you also could do something yeah, like, you, you could actually fuck the government. Yeah, like, and I mean, <laughs> there's a whole nother debate of like, does voting matter? I don't know. But like, let's just say for the sake of this argument, that like, voting is something that people can do that actually is counted. I think and then if, if voting didn't matter, you wouldn't have like all of the like gerrymandering and all this crazy exactly. stuff, that, like, all the crazy shit that politicians and government people do to go out of their way to make it harder for people to vote should yeah. like really let you know that like yeah there is yes like really relevance to this and this is a thing that you know me personally i'm somebody that really has never gave a fuck about any of this stuff until the past couple of years mm -hmm. like i wasn't even registered to vote until the past couple of years like mm -hmm. i just did not fucking care yeah it just didn't seem to make sense or be like i was definitely one of those people that was very much like None of this matters. Yeah. And but with how crazy the world's been getting, maybe me just getting older and starting to like be like a lot more curious about like where my money goes and where taxes, maybe just being like, I don't know, a curious adult and not mm -hmm. like an angsty teen anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh thinking more about it and then doing research on things and starting to realize like, oh, this actually does make sense. But it was just mm -hmm. It wasn't because anybody told me to do it. It was sure. just like a, a light bulb that turned on in my head. And now I'm starting to pursue these things because I was curious. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's really hard to convince people to do something that they don't want to do. If they already have like this idea in their head, it's like you can tell them anything. But sure. It's really hard for some people. Well, I think there's a couple of things that to what you were saying is, I mean, I was raised in a family that was um, like I turned 18 and I remember like my mom being like you can vote now like that was a it was a thing okay yeah um and, i mean i've had family who were involved in um you know like my grandfather worked for the space program people who were involved with the government yeah it's yeah. like a thing totally that i i many people opposite don't for me sure but <laughs> um you know, one thing that people talk about, and there's studies that say this is true and studies that say it isn't true, but things like voting are also kind of like they refer to them as contagious behaviors. So that if you turn on the TV and there's just some fucking dumb news anchor telling you, like, you should do this, you're gonna be like, I don't care. But then if you are, you know, at a show or at a bar and you're like, I don't know, I think this is kind of important. It is shown to be that then people tend to be like, all right, like, I believe you because I know who you are and we have a history. And I think that bringing the conversation back to bands and to music is and like that, Taylor Swift is what makes that cool, right? Like, yeah. Or I mean, like, or just, you know, a band. I mean, I'm trying to think of like, as I'm already prone to do it, I don't know what band if they told me to do it, that then I'd be like, yeah, okay, that sounds pretty yeah. good. But like, 
you know, there people develop these very powerful relationships to bands and to music and to, you know, feeling like um, they really know the people, whether they do or don't. I don't I mean, that's like a whole other thing. But like like the the people whose you know music has motivated them to not only just like show up to see the band, but then maybe they also like it gets them through a shitty time in their life or it's a band that talks about politics that they think like, yeah, I don't, I think it's bullshit that, you know, money's getting spent on wars that I don't believe in. And then if that person's like, and you know, or that band or whatever is like, you could also just like go to the polls and vote and say that you don't agree with it. Yeah. Like don't just buy a t-shirt that says like, fuck the government, but then do something about it. And uh-huh. I, you know, I, I was, it's interesting because as I've gotten older, um, to your point, I think one of the motivating factors for me and many things I do is just this like developed sense of other people. And like, I don't think I was always like a selfish fuck or something that just only thought of themselves. But I think as you do get older, like your brain develops this point where you recognize there's this like whole other world. Yeah. I think that's, I think coming up as, uh, a creative type you know like mm-hmm. playing in bands putting out records doing all these things you're very focused on yourself and just trying to get your shit done from day to day mm-hmm. right so like when you think about the outside pressures of the world around you it's mm-hmm. real easy to be like well you know i gotta worry about getting these fucking records shipped to me on time today so yeah. i don't even have time to think about you know yeah. this other shit so you just kind of neglect it sure but then as you get older and maybe some things like, okay, like my fucking stupid music projects aren't that important anymore. And you Mm -hmm. like relax a bit on that. Mm -hmm. You can make more time in your brain for these other things. Then yeah, you start learning how to care about other people and make time for other things. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, I think just being a young artist is like being selfish is like an unavoidable side effect of that. And also, I mean, (laughs) like thinking about the rest of the world and what's going on is fucking depressing. I mean, like we have so much more access to what's going on the outside world now than we did when we were fucking 15 or 16. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's like it's not like it's not like it's a thrill to wake up and be like, you know what? It's going to be really important to try to make sure that people actually show up and vote, because if not, I'm really afraid of what the world could be. It's not like I get up and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Well, it's so interesting, (laughs) you know, because like when I was growing up, like there was some political influence in music i was listening to Mm -hmm. um i mean like fuck i was like 12 and had anti-flag die for the government Mm -hmm. and then there was like rage against the machine and like system of a down when the new metal thing happened like Mm -hmm. all those like that's like learning about like uh like drug laws and prison stuff thanks to system of a down i was Mm -hmm. like wow like this is crazy but i was also it wasn't enough to convince me to like vote or get involved right. but it made me aware of things so rhetorically if then if system of a down was you know if you were of an age where you could have voted and system of a down was just like it's really important to use your voice and that's what we're trying to do is to empower you to understand you have a voice and we think if you're moved to do so that you should show up and vote do you think that it would have motivated you to do it not it, blind loyalty well, to just like they I told you to it probably wouldn't have because you know like my peer group any of my friends, nobody was into that shit. Uh-huh. My family was not in a, into it. Nobody talked about it. Mm-hmm. It was very much like I got my politics through like MTV as mm-hmm. a teenager. Yeah. And I'm probably not alone no. in that. And there's like part of me now as I'm older and conspiracy theorist makes me think like, oh, that's kind of the way they wanted it to be. 
Probably. In a way. Yeah. You know, I don't think the government wants people in our age range to get active. Well, that's why of, I think they're like really hesitant about like letting younger people get involved in like the government because they if people in our age range and younger don't have like see a voice in those seats that they can relate to, they're not going to want to get involved. There's always going to yeah. be that disconnect. And that's what you were talking about. And keep in mind. I mean, there's more of us than there are of them. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at the way if the multiplication but, chart it, of but their voices are like louder in terms of. Well, I just mean literally, if you just think about the rate at which human race is reproducing, <laughs> yeah. there is more of us than there are of mm -hmm. them. And I don't know that people really necessarily think about that, that, you know, there are more people on, you know, in the United States that are our age than are our parents age or that are our grandparents totally. age. And, you know. It is pretty crazy when you think about it and you look at the people who are the representatives of the people of the United States and the government and you're like, you're all fucking old as shit. It's like, crazy. Yeah. And the, but like, I also think that it took me a long time because of, I don't know, social programming or whatever, that your idea of the person who you appeal to for reason, you're just like, I don't know. It's just like, I guess that I've always just assumed that the people that make the laws look a certain way. And so it's only actually even been for me recently to realize, like, I mean, whether it's I mean, well, you don't even have to name politicians. I'd rather not. But like, you know, and you look at uh, the people who are writing laws and for my entire life, they are the people that I've looked at that write laws. And so the idea that you could have young people or that you could have people that are like not men or people who have a variety of ethnicities or whatever that are like accurately reflect the population. I guess that that's even sort of a new thought to me, because for my entire life up until pretty recently, the people who have ended up in government all kind of look the same and look old and look dull, you know? Yeah. And. You know, so I read something the other day that was like, you know, I read something the other day on Twitter that I'm not going to be able to verify, but it said that 71% of people that are over the age of 65 vote. And okay. that I can't remember what the super low number in the 30% of people under the age of 30 vote. And then I thought about that and I was like, yeah, that's pretty crazy if you think about it that, you know, there's this segment of the population who is, you know, Frankly, they have less life to live than people who are 30 who are making a lot of the decisions about who gets to represent us in the government. And that if people that were under the age of 30 were to show up and vote, the government would start to reflect them a lot more. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like we're just talking about the electorate, the, uh, yeah. the politics, but um, I think it's important to kind of get all of that out so we sure. can like loop back into like you know what does music or art really have to do with any of this sure and you know i think for me to to your point about system of a down you know growing up in pittsburgh the bands that were really big to me i mean osrodden was probably the most influential band to me as a teenager and um you know not only were they like fucking great and they could write awesome rock songs but it was very political and they were very approachable about, you know, like talking to me after a show or talking, you know, like the kids after the show. And I'm still friends with those guys to this yeah. day. Um, and so I think that from a young age, I kind of like had married music and politics as being something that was hand in hand. And Pittsburgh has always had a pretty political punk scene. And, you know, I mean, whether it's Anti-Flag, you know, or Os Rotten being the two biggest bands, even down into, you know, um, in, bands that weren't touring nationally or internationally even. Um, so it wasn't like two things that exist in separate places. Yeah. 
Um, but none of them were talking about voting. That was just like my own thing that I got into. Well, totally. It's kind of like the thing that I think of when I think about hearing uh, die for the government. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was a little kid, pretty mm -hmm. young, you know, that was like one of my first exposures to punk mm -hmm. at the time. And like you think about, you know, got to die for the government, die for your country, mm -hmm. that shit. Mm -hmm. Right. And just that line to like, you know, a 12 year old or however old I was, it's like, yeah, the country mm -hmm. is shit. I don't mm -hmm. know if I got the right message yeah. at the time. You know what sure. I mean? I think like there's, you know, maybe the possibility that kind of implanted sort of like this thing for me to not take the country seriously or yeah. take the system seriously Yeah. when maybe, you know, the message should have been, you should take this seriously, but understand that what's going on right now is shit yes. and i'm sure that that's what they meant but also yeah. i know they were I mean, younger at the time also, and it's who fucking who knows you yeah. know it's a fucking it's I mean, a song yeah and then also like that maybe they were just pissed off and they were just like i don't know, fuck this and i mean then and it's fine. fucking catchy yeah it is <laughs> I actually that's one of the few uh physical cds i still own is i actually <laughs> nice. have my copy of that that i got i remember that that came out when i was like a sophomore in high school i think freshman high school yeah. but yeah i still i still have the physical copy of that cd um the thing which actually i just realized that i wanted to say before that i wanted to loop back to of like a certain like lack of connection that i started to feel with punk and hardcore i mean which is like music that i still love but as like a culture is that there was a lot of it that was just like i'm angry and i'm pissed off and i don't know what to do with it and that you know when you're 17 15 16 you know 20 21 and you're just like, yes, I just have so much frustration and I don't know what to do with it that now, you know, at 36, I'm like, and I know that actually I'm in a tremendously powerful situation as like a white guy that is between the ages of 18 and 50 in the United States, who, if I say something, fall roughly into the category of something that people are like, you know, we should probably listen to that guy and that you have a voice and that you should like, you know, encourage people to, you know, just at the very least be you know conscientious in their uh lives to the fact that there's just a lot going on and that if you wanted to you could show up and you could vote rather than just like twisting yourself into knots and just being like i'm just so angry and i don't know what to do that you could also be like and i'm going to try to use that energy into some kind of positive effect in the world because it's like you know i don't have that adolescent you know like anger of being like i just feel like everyone's in my way and instead i'm thinking of like okay look at all this power that i actually have and globally and i don't know in the big scheme of things not that much but more than some kid that's in a cage on the u.s mexican border yeah you know so like why not at least try and um the amount of effort that trying actually takes is also like not that much. So it's not like it's going to ruin my day to just like, I don't know, call a senator and be like, hey, I don't agree with this. It takes like 100 seconds. And then, then I'm just like back on to other things. But then realizing like, you know, that's a power that I have. And is it worthless? I don't know. But I don't think so. I think that like, and I, I don't say this lightly. It's just something that I've noticed just with peers nobody in particular but just kind of on a general scale i think a lot of people in our generation are like just like genuinely lazy and like sure and like yeah. like just like they're too lazy to make a fucking phone call yeah or something like that that's they don't even want to think about it like just on an unrelated note like all the time pretty much any if i'm 
at an event, there's mm-hmm. always somebody that's like, hey, like, I don't know how you keep up with everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, I just fucking do it. Yeah. It's like for some people, just the idea of like doing laundry is mm-hmm. like exhausting. So if you're, and I don't know where I'm trying to go with this point, but that's just like, I think like, need to find a way to make people feel more motivated. Cause I just, I feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of people that just aren't motivated to do anything. Sure. And so like, but, what, how do we get through that? Well, I think that like, I mean, number one, and you probably, you basically just said this point, but like over time I've had people ask me, they're like, how did you do whichever project? And the thing I tell people time and time again, is there's a certain point with everything where you just, run up against a bunch of obstacles and that's the point where most people quit but if you don't quit you'll probably get to the end of it it's yeah. just there's an inertia that 90 percent of the world it's like the it's like the squirrel hill tunnels yeah totally i know exactly i know <laughs> once exactly. you get on the other side you're yeah good to go. <laughs> yeah but i mean it's like you know um i mean this is not like the mike seaman self-promotion hour but i was talking to someone they're like how did you manage to do like all those singles and line up the release dates you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, I did a single a month for a year. Um, it almost killed me, but I did it. But the thing what I realized was I was like, I sat down and then I f- mapped out this whole thing of like how much time things take. And then I like promised people to pay them upfront for stuff like way in advance so that when, you know, and really it was just like most people would have gotten to the point where they were like, and then you have to how many weeks and then wait and then you have to make sure who's paid for it. and they would just been like ah fuck it i'd rather not yeah but if you set your mind i mean if you set your mind to something i truly believe you can people can accomplish almost Absolutely. anything a lot of the time people ask me about things like like podcasts i get asked mm-hmm. about starting podcasts mm-hmm. or anything and it's like people ask about think like equipment that they mm-hmm. need and i'm like okay well before equipment like mm-hmm. the only thing you really need is like a genuine want to actually do it like you need to give a fuck if you don't Mm -hmm. have that Mm -hmm. in your pocket then don't don't bother buying the equipment Mm -hmm. you need to actually care Mm -hmm. so then going back to this whole like voting thing or calling senators and things like that it's just like people need to actually want to fucking do that they need to be motivated so how do you get people motivated i don't know i'm gonna i have one point we'll come back to that but just we were talking about kind of like realization moments of, um, or sort of a concept of other people. And so since I've had the record store, um, and actually what began in the last year that I had the store, um, and uh, something that I've put a lot of time into since then is I got really into Thai boxing, Muay Thai. I don't know if you know. Oh, okay. Awesome. So, um, and we, through that, my it's actually, I always point this out that my wife is actually like the true fucking killer of our household. And she actually fights and she trains people and she's, you know, like, really good and way better than i am people always assume it's she got me into it people always assume that i'm the of course you know so we've been going to thailand and we train at this gym in thailand and um you know the majority of professional fighters in thailand are between the age of 15 and 20 and they start fighting when they're real young like six seven and this last trip we were there for a month and there's people who we've met each time that we've been there and i was like having this communication through a translator with one of these pro fighters who's 17. He's 17 and he has something like 270 professional fights. He fights like every 15, 20 days. That's fucking crazy. It's the same story that almost everyone tells you. So it has to be like partially bullshit, but it's like, we'll say that on average, it's true of everyone who you meet. And this kid was basically just like, why are you here? And I'd never thought about it where I just realized like, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that like you do this because you need money and you fight for money and you are in my eyes a child. And the idea that I live in the United States of America where I could literally just be on my couch watching Netflix, like I don't have to get up in the morning and go beat someone's ass to make enough money so my family doesn't starve to death. Yeah. And it really was like a wake up call to me of the idea of like, huh, there's a lot of people living very different experiences of the world. And we can sit here and we can pal around and we can be having a fun time. And like, I like this guy. He seems to like me. Maybe he hates me. I don't know. But like the moment where I just realized that it was insane to him that someone who lives in the United States that doesn't have to literally fight to live is like flies halfway around the world and does this for fun. With that in mind, again, I was just like, I guess that really globally speaking, I'm just living in an entirely different universe than this person. And the amount of power that that wields me globally. I mean, like this poor kid who grew up in, you know, the countryside of Thailand, um, you know, in rural middle of nowhere, like no, if he was like, you should vote, like no one's going to listen to him or no, yeah. you know, like, but then here you live in the United States. Um, you actually can vote. You actually can go and have some version of elected government. And that uh, I have the resources to travel halfway around the world and like play, you know, Street Fighter getting my ass beat. Like maybe I should put some of that energy into trying to help other people. I don't know. I don't know if that story translates, but it's like it was a really powerful moment for me to sit, be sitting in this place and just being like, yeah, I guess that we're having really different experiences of the same setting, like just totally different. And um, I should spend more of my energy trying to help other people. Well, I think, so. you know, for you probably getting into the Muay Thai, was it more just kind of a way to, I don't know, like channel some sort of inner discipline and learn some like strength things and just challenge yourself as a person physically and mentally? Yeah. I'm sure it's a mixture of all those things. Yeah. I mean, and, like and kind of a lot of things that maybe like we kind of skipped over or lost just growing up in America and maybe growing up in this like music scene, like mm -hmm. not to discredit them not to oh, yeah. make music a, a fault but i mean i do think that like this is kind of the same thing for me where i grew up just watching cartoons and mm -hmm. listening to records and mm -hmm. then when i got old enough to make money for myself it was like okay i just want to buy cartoons and buy records mm -hmm. and make records mm -hmm. you know and i like have some sort of discipline but not in a way that i imagine something as physical as like muay thai might give me mentally yeah. And I mean, you know, I was looking, I mean, towards the end of having the store and I, I mean, like I half joke about that singles project almost killing me, but like I was just taking terrible care of myself. I was really stressed out. All I ate was like, you know, just like SPAC brothers, no offense, SPAC brothers, you're awesome, but yeah, we you, love sh you. you should not eat that five <laughs> times a week the way I did. And, um, you know, I would just was like, just like, smoking cigarettes constantly which is like my favorite vice that i've since given up um and i just was like in rough shape and there was actually one day i was in the store and there was a phone call that i had with this guy in canada of a band who i was trying to get a record done with and it just was like going wrong and i thought i actually had a heart attack and i was just like i was standing there and something happened and i was like i had this crazy chest pain and uh turned out it was not it was like a mild panic attack but okay. I really, I was like, it was bad enough that 
I like I went home and I was talking to my wife and I was like, I think I had a heart attack. And she was like, why? Why would you have made it to this point and then brought that up? She was like, if it was bad enough, why did you call 911? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't really know what to do. I just like panicked. And then I sat there and then I was like, am I am I OK? You know, like, do I have a heartbeat? But um, so her brother is a professional boxing trainer. And so she had been training with him and she was like, I want to try uh you know Muay Thai why don't we go like why don't we try to do something you know and you need a release in some way yeah and that's what started it and um you know uh first time I ever got punched in the face I just like cracked up I don't know why I was just like <laughs> it just was like it was kind of exhilarating and um it's a it's like a, a culture and a sport that uh, has like really enriched my life and a just like more ways than i can count and then once we started traveling to thailand uh which we'll probably go back um after christmas um and sort of seeing this whole world of professional thai boxers and um the life that i mean it's a hard life it's a really it's a really difficult life but the, the energy of like going and seeing people fight in bangkok and um you know training in these gyms it just is like it just is a whole other world i mean we were there for have you ever been to asia have you ever no, been? No. so like i mean um the way i describe it is like you know tokyo is like you know blade runner you know it's like futuristic city and there's like all this crazy shit and you know everything functions well uh bangkok is sort of like um the future of the original star wars where you're just like <laughs> you got there but this is all fucked up. Like you really fucked this up. You know, it's like there's like the 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 groundwork of like an advanced city, but it's just like also just crumbling and doesn't okay. make sense. And you know, like uh, that's that's the way that I look at it. And but I love it there. It's like it's we were there for like forty hours the first time we went, and I was like, we can't ever go home. I love it here. Um, How's the food? Food is amazing. Um, well, I had. I mean, like we can just totally sidetrack from politics, but. Um, for a minute but we i had like uh, we on this last trip um i was also i'm working on this little documentary project about thai boxers and so there was a kid and when i say kid he's nine nine years old a kid kid <laughs> um and it's not uncommon that you sort of have there's the trainers who are usually retired fighters that are in there they're like my age into being 50 um and then there's the pro fighters who are you know really they're topping out in their early 20s and then there's some folks who now you know past that they can make a lot of money going to china and fighting and then there's like these sort of the really young kids who just start coming around and some of them are like seven eight you know and at nine the kids are starting to like fight and like no headgear no shin pads gloves in a ring full contact punches kicks elbows knees and so uh, there's this kid and it's just the first day he was really funny and he would like look at me and then like crack up because I'm a giant. And and I was like, what's that kid's name? And someone was like, his name's Donut. And I was like, well, no, what's his real name? And they were like, Donut. And so I didn't know that like it's not uncommon for uh, there to be these nicknames that people are known as that are often English words that then super like replace their like birth name. Yeah. So as far as I know, this kid's name is Donut <laughs> and um, he's like this little vicious ass beater. And they were like, you want to go see him fight? And I was like, yeah, when's he fighting? And they're like, it's a couple weeks, but it's like in the country, but we'll take you. I was like, all right. And so like 
you know, we're in this car for two hours and like drive way up to these country fights. And, uh, you know, and this kid is like, it's like the, like, he seemed like he was having the time of his life because since there were foreigners there, they would offer us, you know, like Thai people really love sweet things, yeah. know, sugary drinks, candy, whatever. But I, I like don't eat a lot of it. And so people would give me, they'd be like, oh, here. And they'd give me this candy, but I wouldn't really want it. And so I would like give it to Donut. And he, it was just like, the, it was like the, the bounty flowing his way. He was like super psyched about it. So um, before he fought, the people who were like his family and that were sort of like our go-betweens, they were like, oh, we should. I mean, this is all happening in sign language. Like these guys speak no English and I speak very little Thai. So they were like, oh, we should eat. And so we were like outside. And there's this hot pot restaurant. You know what hot pot? Yeah. Like so, it's this hot pot buffet. That's there's no. It is outside, no roof, nothing. It's July, so you know. I mean, it's a hundred degrees approximately. Um, very humid. The most ideal environment for growing bacteria. And they're just like we sit down at this place, and then they're just like gesturing, like go and fill up as many bowls of what you want to put into this hot pot. Just like go for it. So my wife and I would go up, and we're like, all right, noodles, cool. And I was like, broccoli, okay. And then I'm just opening it and I was like, brains, liver, uh, I don't even know it. Like if you gave me the chart of like the operation chart of where to put these parts back into a fish or animal, like I don't have any idea. Sure, just crazy stuff. And so I was just like getting really nervous and I was like, this is fucking really dangerous. I don't know what to do. This is like unrefrigerated meat and seafood just like sitting out in the sun. So we're like trying to be polite. And so we like put together these like dishes of stuff that's like non-meat based. And we go back and the guys, they're like, think that we are holding back because you have to like pay per item or something. And they're like, no, 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 no. And they like get the school child to come over to who speaks some English to explain to us. And we're like, okay, you know, we got it. But we were just trying to not put, you know, like I know that some, you know, there was intestine that was like not super clean that was like on there and so the guys that we're with they're like they come back and they just have these heaping plates of just i don't even know what yeah and they put it in and i was like it's cool i'm just gonna let it sit in there for a couple minutes it's boiling it'll kill whatever's in there and you know 45 seconds later they're just like spooning it out to us and uh so uh we ate it did not i managed to not get sick somehow i don't know i have no idea how um well you figure they're all fine yeah, but well, their, their but, bodies are, are probably more but used was, to it. What was funny is that then afterwards, uh, one of the guys that we would travel with who speaks Thai, who had like gone, I don't remember where he disappeared to, and he came back and he was like, Oh, how was the food? And they were like, Yeah, it was okay. And I was like, God damn it, this wasn't even they we were even like, it was fine. <laughs> um, but in any case, uh donut, tough little kid. Um, I hope to see him when I go back. Uh hope to see him fight again. But eight a lot of awesome food except for that one meal that was like really stressful and it was actually stressful enough it was like my body was trying to protect me from eating it and my hand kept shaking when i was trying to put the food in my mouth and so it was like i'd have a spoonful of soup and it would just like fall by the time it got to my mouth wow. so i just like had all the stuff in my lap everyone who were with thought i was like an idiot they were like what is wrong with this guy he can't even eat yeah um so yeah it was a it was a growing experience for everybody Fortunately, it was not growing tapeworms or bacteria, but just a life-growing experience. I agree. I agree. Um, and Thailand's great if you can afford the plane ticket, which is like a grand. It's super cheap once you get there. 
Um, and as long as you're like, I mean, you know, avoid, it helps that I don't drink. So it's like, it's not like I'm really going to get myself into any trouble with like, you know, getting drunk and fights or prostitutes or whatever, where you hear about a lot of people getting in trouble. Um, so it's like in general, I just find it just like really lovely place filled with nice smiling people who then can get in a boxing ring and like beat somebody. Sure. Fucking ass. So, yeah. I think that looping this back into our conversation sure. and getting people motivated, I think mm -hmm. it's, it seems like your story over the past couple of years has just been like a, a new self-discovery of self. And, yeah. you know, I think that one thing that could help people possibly get motivated is if they take that time to maybe figure out what they want to do, figure out who they mm -hmm. are, where their place in the world is. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they want, might then want to become more involved with the outside world once they figure out what their actual values are. Yes. So I'm sure you could ask a lot of people those questions like, what do you want to do with yourself? What are your values? And mm -hmm. like, a lot of people might not even have an answer for that. Well, so and, like the idea of like voting or getting involved politically is like, it's maybe it's intimidating or maybe it's just like, well, I don't even know like who I am or what my role is on this earth. So yeah. I don't know how to get involved or sure. why I should get involved. Sure. And I mean, it's also hard when you have, you know, crippling student debt and, you know, you have to work three part-time jobs in order yeah. to pay your bills. Like, you know, and it's hard to then, I mean, it's easy for me to then sit here and be like, well, don't you see the reason that you have these problems? Like, and I don't want to do that to anybody. I don't no. want to like, I don't want to like armchair, you know, like, you know, quarterback, how, is that the expression? I think I mixed them up. But like, <laughs> like, I don't want to tell people like they should be doing something differently because in that their life will be better if they do things the way I say that they should do them. I don't want to do that to anybody and it's not helpful. Um, but like, I have found, um, with myself that really trying to like dig deep into what do I hope to get out of being on planet earth for however much longer any of us have to be here has like really actually led me to this much less self-centered take on what I think is important, uh, I don't think that I was necessarily like the super selfish person before, but I do find that like my concern for like a larger humanity has grown with that. Um, and you know, it's like, I'm really lucky that I, like I'm, I, I, every day I feel fortunate that I'm able to work for myself, that I'm able to, you know, not have to show up to a job that I fucking hate. A lot of that comes with having to show up and do things I fucking hate all day in order to not have to go to a job that I hate. Yeah. But like, you know, there's, it's just like, the devil you know versus the devil you don't know, I guess. But like, um, you know, I, I I do think that if everybody could just like spend, you know, a minute and just really think about like in the same. All right. So I used to drink a lot. And the thing that everyone who drinks a lot does is you always sit next to the person who drinks more than you do because you're just like, I'm not as bad as that guy. Sure. But sure. if in reverse, you could do that and just be like, wow, even with all of my fucking problems, I'm a lot better off than all these other people. Why don't I try to just do some minor thing to just put into the you know universe something to help other people? It would probably if everyone did that, it would probably be a much better world to live in. And if you then realize that you have any amount of influence to then encourage other people to just be mindful of other people and to uh, vote and to uh, just be aware of what's going on around yeah. you, the world would probably be a much better place. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be 
I don't feel like there needs to be anything sort of preachy about that or the need to tell other people what to do. But there's just like a awareness of um, the rest of the world that's going on around yeah, you. I think it's empowering. You know, you do have a power that I think a lot of people neglect. And I think if you're somebody that if you have if you're somebody with that voice in your head mm-hmm. that's telling you that maybe you should do something or maybe you should be involved, you should actually just take the time and start getting involved in those things because mm-hmm. otherwise that voice is just always going to be in your head and there's always going to be a small part of you beating yourself up yeah. over doing something it's a, it'll take you less time to actually just be active mm-hmm. than to be not active yes. that's something that i feel about with a lot of creative types that maybe like oh i want to get a band started people that have been saying that shit for years it's like you know you probably could have had a band started and gotten something together by now but now you've just been talking about you wish you wish for years yeah it's a lot takes up so much less time to actually do stuff Mm -hmm. than to not do stuff or like my other favorite phenomenon which i i i use this a lot which is like have you ever known people that they like start a band and then they like keep practicing. You're like, you're gonna play a show, and they're like, I just want it to be like really right before we play, and then oh, the totally. band breaks up before they've ever played. And you're like, you know, really, if you would have probably played out, you would have gotten the feedback you needed in order to tweak that yeah. to like make it better. Yeah, there's like people that I know that, um, like a friend of mine that wanted to get into doing video stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, he got a camera and then never did anything with it. And I was like, why? He's like, oh, just like the right project hasn't come along. Or like everybody wants everything that they do to be perfect. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's not really how it works. Yeah. No matter what you're doing, you kind of have to suck at it. Sure. And I think that that could honestly be said about like, oh, if you want to get involved in politics somehow, sure. you're going to kind of suck at in terms of like, you're not going to know like what certain terms mean or like who certain people are you're gonna suck at this but if you have a passion for it or if you're interested you gotta figure it out yeah for yourself i mean it's just it's like again if everybody that ever thought about writing a fanzine or starting a band or doing a (laughs) podcast or making a movie if they always you know if they you know deferred to the idea that there's surely there's somebody else who could do it better or that there's some expertise that they need to you know like harness you know, I mean, like no one would have, this it, all subculture that we enjoy probably wouldn't exist. I mean, I mean, you think about people who have drawn, you know, I mean, amazing graphic novels, comics, you know, manga, whatever, that like felt like they were inadequate. And then what they brought to the table was something that's like totally new and amazing. And then they do something that's like completely changed, you know, the course of whichever subset of what they do and it's just if you make a decision that you want to do something you get up and do it that's really all that matters and uh you know it's gonna you're gonna fuck up everyone's gonna make a lot of mistakes so there's there's like i mean i look at projects that i worked on that i now look back on and i cringe where i'm just like i could have done that so much better or i shouldn't have done that not because i am embarrassed but or something but i'm just totally. like Wow, that was like a waste of a year of my life. You wouldn't have that knowledge if it wasn't for you doing it, though. Yeah, I mean, the same thing. Like, if you, like, again, if you took every piece of advice that anyone ever gave you, you'd probably be, like, way further ahead in life if you didn't fall into the pitfalls that people were like, FYI, the first record you put out, don't press too many of them because they're going to be in your closet forever. And you're like, but I think I know but this time. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then everyone has a closet full of records that they press that they're never going to be able to sell. But if you didn't do that, you wouldn't understand why you don't do that. You have to make the mistake in order to like really have the knowledge. And you have to expose yourself to the possibility of making mistakes in order to really grow. And that's like, that's life right there, you know? Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I think that everybody should just take a moment, think about where, like, like really, just think like globally, where you sit on the scheme of things, and whether or not you could use that to just be like a force for good in any sphere. I'm not saying that they should run for city council or the school board or whatever, but just like a way that you could help the world. The world would be a much better place. And I mean, and I bet it would be empowering to a lot of people to realize that they actually have a lot more power than they thought. Mm -hmm. Whenever you reached out to me and brought up wanting to have this Mm -hmm. conversation, one of the things that came to mind for me was the people that might have the argument that you know music has to be political Mm -hmm. and music that isn't political is like a waste of time Mm -hmm. or a waste of a platform Mm -hmm. and that is something that i kind of do not really agree with Mm -hmm. i think that music can be political and i think it's a great platform for it but i still think you know music is an art form and saying that all music should be political or that there's no value in music that doesn't have a political message would be the same thing as saying like, oh there's no value in a movie that right. doesn't have a political message or anything like that yeah because i have yeah. seen like in recent times with a lot of people starting to get really active there's kind of like you know very extreme things on all spectrums and Mm -hmm. i've definitely seen some comments from some people that were basically to that like you know anybody not using their platform to talk about political things like you know it's a waste of time basically or like you need to be talking about this stuff and like for me somebody as a creator what i do with my art is not political Mm -hmm. it's just it's not And like, there's a part of me that wonders like, oh, you know, should I be talking about these things? Should I be using my platform to make light of certain subjects? And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, it kind of goes against the whole point. Well, I mean, I think that what I do just creatively. Well, there's sort of like there's so like the the beginning when you started saying that um, when I was especially in my late teens, early 20s. There's this very, you know, political punk scene happening in Pittsburgh. And it was the beginnings of the more formalized DIY world where, like, I think Roboto, the first show at Roboto, I think, was when I was a junior in high school. It was the winter of my junior year in high school or junior year of high school. Before that, there was basement shows. Um, But, like, the sort of more uh, organized world of, you know, independent music was taking shape. And um, previous to that, with bands like Anti Flag and Osrodden, um, there was a, a lot of politics in music, and you would go and do Food Not Bombs on Sunday at the Peach Pit. And it was sort of part of being involved in the musical scene for a lot of people, not everybody, but for a lot of people. And that then, you know, being vegetarian or, you know, the extreme end of that at that time was being vegan, which very few people I knew were, but that was like pushing the boundaries you know, not driving and riding a bike, um, you know, or taking the bus or walking um, in a sort of anti-consumer, anti-big business. And when I think the political climate of the time of what was going on with various, you know, massive protests that were happening around the country, it sort of was what was happening. And one thing I remember from that time was that you would like get together with people and they'd be like, we're going to watch a documentary on Chiapas and then we're going to make vegetarian chili. And then we're going to all ride bikes to this protest that then there was days we were just like, I kind of want to watch Ace Ventura. (laughs) And it felt like wrong. Like, and I was conflicted about that where I felt like, (laughs) like, am I allowed to just want to like 
laugh at something for yeah, a while. Totally. And that's one of the reasons Corey and Eric from Osrodden, who I still count as being close friends, like they were really like awesome people to also have around to, you know, that then we would like listen to the jerky boys. Yeah. And then I was like, and that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I remember once, you know, having this conversation that I basically was saying like, is this okay? And they were just like, I mean, you got to be able to laugh sometimes. Like you got, you like, you can't only live in this one, you know, like blinders on because, you know, and they were actually saying about a mutual friend of ours who were like, I worry about him because then like, I worry that one day I'm going to show up to Food Not Bombs and I'm going to be feeding them because they've let their life get so encompassed with trying to wow. change the world that they lost their fucking mind. Yeah. And so, you know, to answer your question, do I think that everyone should make, I mean, it, it, there's the argument of like, is by its nature all music and art political because it's all a reaction to something? Like, is there anything that truly exists in a vacuum? Which, you know, no, but there's then the difference of things being explicitly, you know, political versus implicitly political. And the idea that any song or any piece of art is something that could change the way that someone looks at the world. That doesn't have to be, you know, writing a song and being like, fuck the government, whatever, you know, yeah. but like just an idea. And maybe that idea makes you laugh. And I mean, that's one th like, why is it not appropriate to laugh at a museum? Like, why is it going to a museum and then you see something and then you're just like, haha, that made me laugh. And then like, why is that not a valid reaction to something? You know, you can go and it can make you sad and that's okay. Or you could go and it could make you introspective and that's okay. And I was, I can't remember what the exhibit was, but I was looking at some painting when I lived in DC that was in the National Gallery. And I realized I was like, this painting is supposed to make you fucking laugh. Like it was like some, you know, it was like, I wish I could remember what it was. Maybe it was like a Rauschenberg painting or something. I can't remember. But I was like, this is fucking funny. Yeah. And then I was reading this thing that was like a handout that was in the gallery that was just like, with this sort of playful humor. And I'm like, it's telling you this is supposed to be funny. But then no one wants to just walk in here and laugh at it. So why is that not okay? And or why is that not like doesn't feel right? And... um you know, providing people with an escape can at times also be a very valid thing for a certain political atmosphere that it's also, you know, it's, it's not like it's, uh, I don't know, like wrong. Yeah. I think, I think you just put that in a really good way. And I do think the people that I have seen in my sort of social circle that seem to be a lot more extreme about, uh, taking these things very seriously mm -hmm. i think are the people that don't give themselves that mm -hmm. escape you know they're in this 24 7 mm -hmm. and i don't know how beneficial that is to the whole world or like you mentioned with the friend that you had mm -hmm. in the past mm -hmm. like to themselves as an individual mm -hmm. you know like how can you really be an inspiration or like a strong pillar uh, in your community if you can't like hold yourself up if mm -hmm. you're just beating yourself down how it, can you how can you sustain it you can't and that's in that and like and it's important for you know everybody i mean like as a as the as the the psa for people who are out there really trying to change the world like you have to give yourself a break you know like you have to be able to watch the simpsons for a minute and just like take a big step back um because otherwise you're going to just drive yourself completely insane. Now, conversely, there's also people who, when anything political comes up, are just like, 
violently angry about it and they're just like i don't want to be exposed to any political ideas and the thing like my 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 stock response to that is like um do you know jessica hopper is she's music journalist she wrote for pitchfork writes for pitchfork maybe i do not wrote one of my favorite or compiled one of my favorite books about music in the last you know 10 years which is called the only something of a living female rock critic and it was like a collection of writing that she had done and in it there's this whole piece about r kelly who she was one of the people writing about r kelly and all of the you know like legal goings on that was sort of trying to get tampered down and quieted and then taking uh the pitchfork festival to tax for booking r kelly in the midst of what was going on and what stood out to me was that she lays out this kind of like test for like, can you and like listen to a certain artist who you later find out has done X, Y, or Z thing that you personally find is not okay. And, you know, so people who were just like, I know that R. Kelly was accused of, you know, sexually assaulting a minor, but like, it's pretty good. And this, her like the, mu- this music, the music, good, yeah. yeah, not like that. Assault, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what her point was is like, Knowing what we now know about R. Kelly's, you know, like sexual tendencies, those songs were probably written about a minor. Totally, totally. And that if you're listening to that, you're kind of getting drawn into what is his behavior that you find objectionable. A lot of people don't think about shit like that. This was like a big conversation that happened recently in the metal community mm-hmm. with uh, Tim Lambesis and Azalea Dying. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're connected with that at all. But like he hired a hitman to kill his wife and mm-hmm. it didn't go through. And then he was in jail and mm-hmm. then basically he's out of jail now and got his old band back together. And mm-hmm. people, you know, they were selling out shows all over the place. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just like, you know, like what I feel like what he did personally is like a really weak thing as a human being to try to do to somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. So and then I think about like metal or hardcore. Mm-hmm being the front man of that band Mm -hmm. trying to like yell about all of these like values and Mm -hmm. being a strong person. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to take that dude seriously? Right. I can't. And for me, it's like, it's not like Azalea dying was the only metal band in the world. Mm -hmm. Like there's literally thousands of bands that can replace my time for listing them. So there's no reason for me to care. Yeah. And that's the same thing for R Kelly. Right. There's a lot of people that write really good, catchy R and B songs about like, you know, getting freaky. Right. I don't need R Kelly. Right. To fulfill that void. Right. And so it's like, if you can't listen to the artist without separating, like without being like, I don't know. I kind of feel like the product is tied into the thing I have a problem with. Then you might have to let it go. I mean, like, I thought Louis C.K. was really funny. I now realize that a lot of the stuff Louis C.K. was joking about was like actually about his sexually assaulting women. And that when it was like jokes that he was making that were like the meta commentary about the way that male sexuality gets forced on women. Like there's a whole episode of Louis where he made himself this like, did you ever get in the show? No. But he like basically makes himself this horrible villain. He wrote himself into being this person who like comes very close to sexually assaulting this woman, getting caught up in the moment and then being like, whoa, I don't know. It's like totally got away from me. Totally. And I was like, wow, that was pretty amazing that Louis wrote this episode where he's willing to make himself look like such a piece of shit to show you that this exists within, you know, almost anybody under the wrong circumstances. And then when I found out 
that he was really that was actually him i was like oh fuck i can't i can't get into this now and it's gone and that's okay there's a lot of things to laugh at i don't have to laugh at louis ck like can i listen to miles davis knowing that he used to beat his wives i don't it's like not part of the music i know he's a piece of shit but like that's not what the music's about so yeah, like i can sure. get away with listening to miles in my structure that i've set up it's okay for me to listen to miles davis everyone gets gg allen as a free pass that's just a that's just that's the middle of the bingo board yeah everyone's got it it's okay you can like gg allen according to me it's all right but that's <laughs> i'm sorry the mentors never wrote a good song so the mentors do not get that pass but so in any case um yeah uh <laughs> I do think that in general, um, people who get really turned off at when someone becomes political. I mean, do you like Neil deGrasse Tyson? Do you ever listen to his podcast? I haven't listened to his podcast. I've like, you know, seen him on other podcasts and TV shows, guest mm -hmm. spots and things like that. Um, I he, he's a he's charming. Yeah. But I also don't know if I trust him. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. I find his I find his podcast to be really interesting. Like I mentioned, I had a grandfather worked for NASA. I find space really interesting. Yeah, totally. And one time I was like looking for like this episode of a show I hadn't seen, and on the Apple Podcast app, all these reviews were came up, and they're like, "I used to like the show, and then it became political." And I was thinking about it, and I was like, "I mean, he does talk about things like climate change. It is a science podcast." Sure. But that the idea that people are just like, I'll never listen to this again. This is like, I just can't stand this. And I can't stand it became political. This is where I came to listen to be away from politics. And now this has invaded everything. Kind of part of me that wants to be like, sounds pretty fragile to me that you just like can't uh, totally. handle that you heard something that maybe you don't agree with. Well, I don't know that you heard something you agreed with. And they're like, I didn't want to hear any politics today. I just wanted to talk about minerals. And now I'm on Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast. But I guarantee you, this is the thing. If it was political, but in a way that they agreed with, they'd it would be, be giving different. it positive reviews. Yes. So it's not so much that people don't want to hear about politics. Yes. People just don't want to hear about things that they don't agree with. Yes. But it's easier to say, well, I just don't want to hear about politics because in their mind, it sounds like stronger because yeah. it makes it sound like uh, the person's doing something wrong. It doesn't make yeah. them sound weak. In the same way that like, so I'm not vegan. I'm not even vegetarian. I was at one time and I'm not anymore. But uh Someone was saying to a friend of mine who is vegan was laughing and they were like, you know, there's so much sort of like joking around about being vegan in, in um, sort of contemporary culture. And they were like, the thing is, is that I encounter so few vegans that want to force that on people. But oh, every time someone finds out that I'm vegan, they want to like absolutely. talk about fucking bacon or whatever. And I realized that I was like, I guess you do have a point that there is like. You know, the it's like veganism is the aberration from the norm that feels acceptable to like make fun of. <laughs> it's uh, I feel that way about a lot of the people that use the word hipster. Yeah. And like calling out hipsters. And it seems to me it's like, OK, like you're calling out people for having this this attitude and this lifestyle. that's very judgy. Mm -hmm. But you, by definition, are being way more of a hipster by calling out these people. Yeah than anybody else you're talking about those people don't give a fuck about you or what you're doing they're just mm. 
they're into their own little nerdy stuff and you're into whatever you're into. Like we're everybody, no matter if you're into science or sports, like you're all nerds, like they're sports nerds. Yeah, totally. And it just cracks me up when people are like fucking hipsters. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you do realize that like this idea that you have about like people with like fancy mustaches and silly hats wandering around Lawrenceville, like they exist, but like they really don't give a fuck what you're doing. Yeah, it's interesting. Like they, they don't care. Like they they'll probably sit down and watch a sports game with you or talk about whatever just in the same way. Like we're all fucking people. Yeah. But I get that a lot too with the vegan thing. Like I'm pretty much mostly on a vegetarian diet. I still mm-hmm. eat like sushi and shit mm-hmm. like that. But um a lot of the time when I have conversations with people, it's always like Oh, like, you know, I mentioned I'm a vegetarian, like, oh, I can never give up meat. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't really ask you that question. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't have to relate on this. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, it's, <laughs> it it's, matter. it's, but it's interesting of like, why is that a point of offense? Yeah. Like, why is, I mean, it's like, you know, sure. You occasionally will meet somebody in it, in my experience is the exception rather than the rule who finds out that you are not vegan or vegetarian and takes the tact of being like pissed about it and they're like i can't believe you could be such an uncompassionate person that you would not be this for the most part people are just like this is my life that's it but it's like people infer the uh, sort of attack on themselves it's the same thing like as i mentioned I used to drink. I don't drink anymore. It tends to make other people more uncomfortable than it does to me. Sure. So like if like nine times out of 10, if I'm somewhere and someone's like, oh, do you want a beer? I'll just say like, I'm good for right now. Thank you. Because if I say I don't drink, then people are like, really? And then they're like, that might be even weirder now. Yeah, I mean, you know, there there is, <laughs> uh, you know, that's business, baby. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's like it makes other people really self conscious, and I'm just like, look, I don't care. Like, it's, it has nothing to do with you. Sure, like, only something to do with. What do me. you mean you don't like Black Flag? Yeah, exactly. Like that kind you know, of shit it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And uh, I always, at any time, like people come to me, like I could just never give up bacon. I'm like, well, guess what? More bacon on the planet for you. Yeah. I'm not eating like all the bacon I'm not eating. Yeah. You get to eat now. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> but it's like it's and I and I think that in general, um, and you actually I see it a lot in you know, uh, I mean, in more in hardcore and metal than a lot of other places, but there is sometimes a knee-jerk reaction to people that are just like, I just don't want to hear about, you know, politics. Like they don't mind hearing about being angry or they don't mind hearing about the circumstances into which your life sucks but then the idea of if some if there was an artist or if there's a band who says like i think that you should vote then people are just like ah i i just think that that's i mean that's just like a very easy way it's just like a a receipt of just like a lack of social growth or Mm -hmm. like personal development like anybody's like oh i don't Mm want to deal with this it's just like having a temper tantrum like Mm -hmm. oh i don't want to clean my room Mm -hmm. uh it's like okay like been like there's nothing anytime i encounter that it's like okay it was like how much do i care about this person Mm -hmm. like is this somebody i actually am i friends with this person like okay like let's either just steer the conversation away Mm -hmm. but most of the time people that have that sort of reaction they're people that i don't really want to yeah. associate with anyway so it's just like okay well 
I'm going to find something else nonsensical to talk about. And then it's going to back out of this conversation and this whole interaction because yeah. there's not anything that I can say that's going to be productive. Right. And I and mean, that's a big, I think that's like something comes with maturity too. It's just, we were also just like either number one, it's not going to be productive. And then also number two, there's just a point where you're just like, I mean, what am I going to get out of this versus am I going to be able to like never put the genie back in the bottle of just like turning a corner being like, I'm going to actively avoid this person yeah. rather than just sort of cutting it a little bit short and just being like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I really think and I mentioned it before. It's just about people need those light bulbs need to turn on for people in their own brains. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate, but I just feel like there's a lot of people that that light bulb's never going to turn on. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind. It makes it even more important that if the light bulb is on in your head that you mm -hmm. do something about it. Yeah. Because it's like an unfortunate, much smaller demographic of people that are aware of this and that do want to do something that people that don't. Like yes. most people are not going to want to do anything. And yes. I don't know why that is. I think it's just I mean, a it's product just... of the generation. I mean, that, that could be how it's always been for all we know. You know, I wish um, uh, if you I, take uh, the, the the population number, yeah, in a, a very general, I'm sure it's always been a very small percentage of people that want to put in the work. Yes, it's like a like a music festival, for example. Like I'm um one of a very small group of people that helped put together Brutal Beer Fest, mm -hmm. and we had it yesterday. And I mean, there was like, I don't know, maybe like probably around like 800 people in Mr. Smalls. And it's like a lot of people reaping the benefits of that festival. Yes, but that festival is run by like you know, less than 10 people. Yep. If all, all mm -hmm. said and done, I mean, really less than five, but mm -hmm. I know. Sure. But yeah, think about that percentage, right? Yeah. So a very small group of people working off their asses off mm -hmm. all year. So all these people can have fun mm -hmm. for a short time. And that's kind of how government is or just politics in general. And also it's like, uh, so I used to organize record shows. I still do this like little small events here and there. But, you know, you do a record show and you fit, find a venue and then you organize dealers and, you know, you, all the work that goes into doing anything. Yeah. And the thing which is always frustrating is that then there's always somebody who shows up and has a complaint about the way that something is. And then you just realize, like, do you even realize how far it got for there to be a busted table that you were bummed <laughs> that you got stuck with? Yeah. Like. And there's a certain, and I just think it's like a certain lack of understanding of just like, you know how much work went into like, even like someone didn't like the back line at the beer fest. We are just like, do you know how much work it even was to get someone to agree to let us use this equipment? Sure, sure. And you're unhappy over this minor part of it that like just shows you have no idea of how much work went into yeah. all of it. And that's probably just like, again, the nature of people. Anytime I have those conversations with people, it's just like, like if if somebody would have said something like that to me yesterday, I'd have been like, put on your own fucking beer fest. Yeah. And talk to me next year. Yeah. Or I mean, if, you know, <laughs> no, when it like, gets, like when it gets into putting out records and you're and or, you know, and like, I actually, I feel like if I still open that can of worms, it's going to be bad. But like there's, you know, you you get the you you when you start putting yourself out there into doing anything, you just realize how much work it takes to just there being something to complain about, like there was a void where there was nothing. There was a lack of nothing. There mm -hmm. was an absence of any matter. And that then you like work on this thing so that someone could then be like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't feel like you did a good job. <laughs> or something. And then you're like, 
well, fuck. Now, you know, I guess I should have just stayed home. And if you let those people get you, that's how you'll feel. Instead, you could feel empowered that you did it and you pulled it off. And that eight, 750 people came and had the best time. 30 people were like, eh. And then there's 20 people that no matter what are unpleasable. Like, yeah. They, so you'd fuck those people. Fuck those yeah, 20 people. I, I, it's, it's, it's really important to always remember that like the negative voices are always the loudest. It's like YouTube comments, right? Where you'll or have like Yelp. Ten, yeah. Or Yelp. You yeah. know, you have like a, you know, a hundred positive reviews and then that one negative one that like mm -hmm. you just can't stop thinking about yeah or like yeah so yelp is the best like someone actually was like there should be you know like a like a streamlined yelp app for when you have a really good experience that you then get a prompt that's just like good experience rather than when you're really mad and you have this energy to go home and be like well that's the thing is like people don't it's like a, a restaurant for example say you sit down and you have a really bad meal mm -hmm. like it's just awful it's gonna be like a hey like i'm gonna talk to the yeah talk to your whoever's serving the food or mm -hmm. you might be like hey can i talk to the manager mm -hmm. like, right but if you sit down you have a great meal mm -hmm. you're not asking to see the chef you're no. not at, you know like it's like if you're getting what you expect or if you get above what you're expecting mm -hmm. it's very rare for us to go out of our way to thank people yes but the smallest fucking thing could go wrong and there are some people that will they write novels on Yelp. Oh, yeah. It's like, this is insane. My favorite was I used to look up Yelp reviews of like just the weirdest things. Like you can look them up for national parks. <laughs> sure. If you really want to kill some time, look at like Yelp review. <laughs> Go look at a Yelp review for like Frick Park. <laughs> but there was a Yelp page for remember when the big yellow duck was here? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> and there was like some kid who wrote a Yelp review that was just like, I love the yellow duck and I wish it would be here forever. And someone took the time to be like, you dumb fucking kid, you don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, who has the spite and time in their day to tell a kid they should hate this big yellow duck? But that's the world we live in. So I don't know. Hopefully that kid grows up to be a voter. Hopefully that other guy changes his mind about just being a dick on the internet and decides yeah. to constructively use his energy that he's using to talk about kids well i think it's negativity unfortunately in the climate now it gets conversations started more than positivity mm. you know, that's kind sure. of actually where we started this conversation yeah was with taylor swift yeah and like colin kaepernick and mm -hmm. those dynamics right um and yeah i think just think that people do are starting to see the power in negativity and how mm -hmm. they can use it to profit and i don't think that that's great no. by any means no. it's actually really sad and scary i don't like it yeah. but i think overall we had kind of talked about how you know a lot of the people that are involved in politics are getting older and like you know younger people it seems like they're starting to there's like this conversation us just having this conversation yeah. right now is like one very small piece of evidence that i think a lot of more people in our, our age range mm -hmm. and younger are probably starting to get more involved and be aware of things so yeah it might take some time but i think inevitably there's going to be a sea change what comes with that i hope so i don't know but i i feel like we're definitely in it now i hope so and i mean i guess that to sort of uh concisely there was sort of a point that i was dancing around earlier but that i just like to put it concisely of my opinions about i mean i think anyone who feels compelled to share their feelings on a subject should do it I don't think that, um, you know, I, I think that if you have a platform, whatever it is, and you feel compelled to do something, use that platform, go for it. 
But I do sort of think that right now, if you are a band who is using politics and you're using uh, rebellion and dissent and all these things to sell records or T-shirts or whatever, that I feel like you do have an obligation into encouraging people to actually use their agency to do something about it and not just to sell them merch or to get them to come to your shows and to you know try to let them know that they might be more powerful than they think like and is it my place to tell anyone specifically what to do no do i hope that if municipal waste is selling shirts with donald trump shooting himself in the fucking head that they're also saying like show up and vote i do i haven't seen those guys in a while i don't know if that's part of the message but like that seems like it should be almost the follow-through to you know yeah to doing that yeah in my opinion so that's that's how I feel. If you have a band and you're selling shirts that are about politics, tell people to fucking vote. Totally. And I also think like on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, when you get a lot of people that are like pro our current administration, mm -hmm. you know, like how active are a lot of those people past getting like the hat with the funny saying or sure. like an offensive bumper sticker, you sure. know? And then also own it. I mean, like that's the other thing is like, I mean if that's really what you believe like don't wear that fucking hat in your house wear it outside do it and then if people are like pissed that you have that hat and want to talk to you about it don't be like don't talk to me about my hat like, yeah it's i mean like, i guess one interesting thing and in a what i kind of want to wrap up the conversation yeah. on would be uh kanye west sure and i mean go ahead i want to hear what you have to say about it but i have my thoughts about it you know i i think that well there's a whole lot to pick apart with kanye yes. west in terms of like just him and his who he is as a person where he is like mentally with like medications and all these like rumors mm -hmm. and allegations and things that you hear i don't know mm -hmm. what is true yeah but i do think that like just as a person regardless of me not being really on board with what he's saying I do think the idea that like, you know, he has an opinion that it might not be one that I agree with, but mm -hmm. he has an opinion that a lot of people seem to be telling him you shouldn't have that opinion. Like, mm -hmm. I don't jive with that. No, I, like, agree I think you. that like he could, he should be allowed to have that opinion and use his platform to get that out there. Mm -hmm. But instead of just like attacking him and just like going out of our way to be like, oh, fuck that guy. Mm -hmm. Use your use that platform to promote what you think is right instead yeah. of just going against what some superstar thinks is sure. right it doesn't matter doesn't matter and i agree with you as much as i agree that taylor swift should be able to say whatever she has to say or the municipal ways can make a shirt with donald trump shooting himself in the fucking head that kanye west can go to the white house and be pro donald trump he is 100 percent. that is like i have i can't argue with his right to do it um when uh people i mean what actually the thing i was thinking about with kanye after his recent trip to the white house is that if you remember after the election or right around in there and he canceled some shows do you remember this yeah and the thing which really stands out to me about why i just have a hard time feeling anything about someone like kanye west as a person at all which is just that he canceled those shows and i read this article about how um he is on a level of music business where those shows were insured. So like he is a commodity and Kanye West tour carries insurance in the same way that any product carries an insurance. He canceled those shows and people who bought tickets to those shows, I believe then even got refunded for those shows. 
and that Kanye West still got paid for as if he had performed at those shows because he had an insurance policy insuring all of that. Sure. And so I'm like, this guy is like not even like a relatable person. He's this commodity. Oh, yeah. And so like. It, and he somehow still got paid for not performing. Like the whole thing, I was just like, this is like a level of commerce and the world that I just can't even wrap my fucking head around. And so when I see him at the White House, it's like, it's it's just like, I, it's like theater or what? I don't even know what it is. Yeah. But like, I mean, if people don't want to buy his records now because they think they don't like his politics, that's fine. They don't have to buy his records. You could still listen to College Dropout. It has nothing to do with politics and sure. enjoy yourself. Um, but like, if you want to support Taylor Swift at the same time, this is America, and that you can't then tear down Kanye West. You can be like, I don't agree with you, and you can be mad about his opinions but it is his right to have them. yeah and i thought that like you know the points that he was talking about whether it was true or not about how he felt like he was being bullied on saturday night mm -hmm. live because he wanted to you know mm -hmm. go out wearing the hat mm -hmm. or go out talking about this and that like i mm -hmm. do think that that's bullshit if it was true mm -hmm. that somebody was trying to say like hey you know this is our platform and we don't want you to express your opinion even mm -hmm. though we asked you to be on the show knowing full well who you are sure yeah uh but you know, that has nothing to do with my personal views. I just think that he should be allowed to put that out there. And keep in mind, there's a lot of talk currently about the First Amendment. And the First Amendment has become something that people are, you know, really passionate about. But I think it's also something which is really misunderstood, which is that in the United States, you have the right to say whatever you want without fear of government persecution. You do that doesn't mean that anyone else has to like what you have to say. It just means that you can't be jailed or arrested yeah. or whatever. That is what your First Amendment rights are about. But if Kanye West says, I fill in the blank and then people boycott it and then you'll quickly see the Internet turn to like, well, it's his First Amendment right. And you're like, exactly. And no one has put him in jail for what he said. But that doesn't mean that anyone has to agree with it. And that doesn't mean that anyone has to make room for him to, you know, like, totally, you know, in their life. But it just means that he is protected from the government for what his opinion mm -hmm. is. It's just, you know, it, it can be reasonably frustrating to see people kind of come out of their shell, share articles on mm -hmm. Facebook, like, oh, fuck Kanye West and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Going back to what I said earlier, like, what have they done to promote positivity sure. prior to this? You know, it's like mm -hmm. rather than honestly spreading the message that you don't like by sharing those articles with your, your little negative mm -hmm. sentiment attached to it. Mm -hmm. Find something positive about your worldview and get that out there. So maybe people might see that. Sure. I agree. And I also, you know, um, if I really honestly believe if you would like to make yourself a happier person, quit Facebook. <laughs> you will sure. Be, I, I did. I have like so much happier. I fortunately don't have a store to promote anymore. It's difficult to do if you have a ban. Yeah. All sorts of other things. It's, you know, but uh, it is like this. It just is like become this place that you get onto and it just will like wreck your sense of positivity. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, you know, a lot of people that complain about social media. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that it, one thing to remember is that, you know, you can log out. Yep. That is still a feature on your, on, on the apps. Yep. And also you have full control over the people that you are friends with on Facebook. So if you You're decide right. that you do want to stay on the platform. Yep. You know, you either just need to make some adjustments or accept the fact that, you know, the 
people that you allow on your friends list to say that you have, you know, 2,005 million right. fucking friends, right? Yeah. That a good chunk of them are assholes and you're just going to have to yeah. deal with that. Sure. But I don't want to, you know, <laughs> I don't want to drag, keep you from living your life. And if you had the beer fest last night, I'm sure you'd love to just chill out and watch some cartoons. Maybe The Simpsons. That would be my choice. But <laughs> um, thank you for having me on. And I, to everybody, um, if you're registered to vote, go and vote. Uh, check online. You, if you're not registered in the state that you live in, depending on where you live, you may still be able to do it. There's still a lot of states that you can show up on Election Day with an ID, register to vote. And um, if you don't want to vote, just use whatever, you know, you have to just try to do something positive in the world rather than being angry and negative. Yeah, I think my question, at least something that I asked myself, you know, more recently in my life, uh, being not registered to vote for so long was kind of just asking myself, like, why? Hmm? And just like, oh, because like, I don't, you know, I don't believe in the system where it's, it's rigged. Like, yeah. really, do you believe that? Why? Like, yeah. Do do the research, understand those things. Because like, you know, that was whenever I started really thinking about things and like, you know, watching stuff on the way like states are doing gerrymandering mm -hmm. like and all that stuff like mm -hmm. digging into it like i'm like this is like fucking crazy like there mm -hmm. has to be a reason that they're doing this why because they don't want people to vote yeah and like me being in my position again you know white male mm -hmm. i like nobody's gonna gerrymander my ass right now just mm -hmm. given who i am so i have a power yeah to vote so why not sure you know it's like i'm spending all this time like just free time, you know, at work and things like that, listening to things, reading things. It's like mm -hmm. I have all this knowledge now. Mm -hmm. Why am I taking the time to absorb all this knowledge if I'm not going to do something with it? Yeah. And I I think uh, sometimes I almost w wish that everything was totally rigged because then it'd just be out of my control that I could just <laughs> sit back and be like, well, nothing I can do. But, you know, the like the the, the responsibility that comes with power has its stresses. Yeah. And if, it, if, if if everything was rigged, our I don't think our government would have the administration that it has right now. It's a very big mind game, yeah, catering to a certain demographic of people that they wanted, mm -hmm. that they wanted to because it isn't rigged. Yeah. It's a game. We wouldn't be dealing with all this like Facebook Russia hacked election mm -hmm. things. Like if it was if it was rigged. Yeah. It's not rigged. It's just severely manipulated. Yeah. And I think that there is the potential to manipulate it in the other way. Sure. If you, you know, start using, we, we all have access to the same tools and the mm -hmm. same powers. It's just, you know, what you do with it. You know, you can either use your power to rig an election in your favor, or mm -hmm. you can use your power to complain about a duck mm -hmm. on the river. Yeah. On Yelp. It's and like, then what the, do you want to do through time? And then the thing which I really recommend is just like, like a lot of my, a lot of friends or, or a lot of neighbors uh, who I think of as friends, like we don't agree on a lot of stuff, but like, it's so much easier to go out and just like talk to them. And then like, we can even be like, I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree with you about that, but then I just leave and I'm like, that's hey, my neighbor. I don't know. It's just like a guy. <laughs> yeah. Just, a, it's just a really nice lady who lives next door and we don't agree, but like, I don't hate them. But then sometimes when I see a if I was that guy on Yelp and I'm just like, I hate this duck and now I hate this kid. Like, I hope that guy wouldn't swear in that kid's face. <laughs> I don't know. I think you lost juice on yeah, that camera. Yeah, juice there. on that camera. It's okay. Uh, we still got yeah. the one up there. So it'll, it'll probably just be you. Actually, okay. what we'll do, we'll do this. You want to take it, take a wide shot? Yeah, we'll just do All that. Right. Fuck it. But yeah. Work.
you know we can we can wind it down i don't want to i don't want to we don't have to drag on too long it's but. all good I, I have to i have to run some errands tonight. okay speaking of putting out records i had a guy that just uh printed up some cds for me so oh, i'm right gonna on. go pick them up tonight killer yeah well thank you for making the time good to hey, see you you're very welcome that's what's that's the first handshake i ever did on the podcast nobody's ever really yeah i'm a handshake guy you're a nice person oh uh, well thank you you're a nice person <laughs> well, too thank you for <laughs> taking the time coming over i hope that anybody that listened to this maybe got some something out of it some sort of inspiration so. or just getting their brain juices flowing get and also just like if you also feel stuck in a rut i highly recommend exercise it doesn't have to be tie boxing you know just do something to make yourself feel a little bit better that's you know little baby steps yeah i think you know exercise is honestly a big thing for me right now i do not exercise but I could tell you that I've probably spent the past two and a half years telling myself that I should just exercise. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I've probably spent hours in my brain. And I talked about this earlier, just like that voice in your head telling you mm-hmm. to do something that beats yourself up. But I just have not found the motivation to exercise. And chances are, if I would have started exercising fucking two and a half years ago, I would have been done. That voice would have been gone. And I'd probably be in a much better physical situation right now. Well, it's always tomorrow exactly <laughs> but you know maybe i should just you know as soon as you leave just fucking just start doing push-ups there you go i don't fucking know i like it yeah well anyways uh i'm gonna do my outro and then i'm going to uh yeah i'm gonna make myself a better person all right <laughs> cool and that is all fuck folks and that's all folks thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the conversation mike again one more time thank you thank for you for coming over Best of luck in all of your future endeavors with Muay Thai and business and just, you know, living the good life. Thank you. Great to and see you. And I'll be back again with another episode sometime, a week or two. Who knows? Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2018. Whoop, whoop. Thanks for listening. Cool. We did it. That's it. Awesome, man. Tight.